0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Where only one of us is an actual father and of us a priest. My name is James Dreer, and I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbaugh. Hold on. Hold on.
1: I thought oh. Jason Statham was doing this intro.
0: <laughs> what, what happened to Jason? We lost Jason. He <laughs> Yeah, he quit the show, unfortunately. But man, yeah. he gives us just one, huh? Just Lizard. one and done. That's all we can afford. (laughs) Yeah, his his price was a little high uh, for us. So, One and done with old Jason Statham. Uh, No stinky fingers tonight, actually. We are smelling real good tonight. (laughs) We finally smell like flowers and not the kind that Trey likes. (laughs) He's out uh, with a... I don't know, daddy, daddy duty issue. So uh, he is the just, only father. Just Actual me and father. Big Herb. Yeah, he is the father of the show. So, um, you know, shout out to him. Uh, that's the only reason we can claim that name is Trey. But uh, we we bid him uh, good luck with his fatherly duties uh, this evening. Uh so tonight uh today we're doing our starts and sits of the week uh but first I feel like we got to touch on the Thursday night primetime game uh that happened this evening and you know I just got to say uh thank you NFL thank you so much for giving us another Denver Broncos primetime game that's really <laughs> really what we all wanted. Oh,
1: God, dude, this team is terrible. It's crazy.
0: What is that, like three or four uh, primetime games the Denver Broncos have been on
1: uh, already in week three? Six? Probably. Um, I mean, obviously, they were, exp- you know, they were like, hey, the addition of, of Peyton, and, you know, we should see a rebound from, from, from Russ, and this team should be good. Um, I don't think anyone expected that the defense was going to fall off the face of a cliff compared to what they were last year.
0: Yeah. I, You know, it's, it's something I'm struggling with internally because it's like, who's making this schedule? Um, because yes, I did think the Broncos would be slightly better, but I didn't think they'd be a good team uh definitely not worthy of having three primetime games within the first 6 weeks um i don't know maybe i'm crazy but like i, I don't even think Sean Payton th- thought they were going to be <laughs> that good no and they were talking about tonight in the
1: post game where they were saying how the the coaches in the front office re- knew that this is going to be take some time to rebuild based off of, you know, getting the team into where Sean Payton wants the team um, and getting his kind of personnel in there. So I think a lot of people fans kind of jumped on that a little bit um, too soon. And honestly, I was one of them. I'll be completely honest there. I expect, I thought they were going to be much, much better um, than, than they've shown. And it clearly ha- wasn't, hap- hasn't happened so far. Now, granted, With that being said, like it's not like Russ has played terribly. He's actually kind of looks like his old self back in Seattle, but it's just not making a difference for this team because the defense can't do anything to to slow down anybody. I mean, the fact that the Chiefs only scored nineteen points tonight is crazy.
0: Yeah, but the offense, in my opinion, is not that good either. You know, like yes, Russ's stats are definitely better than they were last year because they were so absolutely terrible last year, but it's still not good. (laughs) Like the receivers can't get open. Um, No. uh, You know, I mean, Jerry Judy drafted in the first round, Courtland Sutton, we had high hopes for last year, but I think it's pretty clear and obvious now. Like I've been pretty adamant about kind of being on the other side of Jerry Judy, like, i i just don't think he's that guy i really don't i and you know there's this big drama uh tonight with steve smith basically calling out jerry judy on his tape and just saying hey man like you've been just a regular guy you haven't been anything special (laughs) and quit acting like you are and you know obviously jerry judy took that personally as he should but uh you know jerry judy had something to say about that but i'm kind of on the steve smith side right now like it is is, dude like you haven't shown us really much you know Uh, you know some big games i guess um in his three years of nfl play but here and there but man i just just like i I don't know what the answer is i think there's going to be like you said before we started recording is going to be a fire sale and they have to like the group of guys they have there with the coach with Sean Payton now, it's just never going to work. Um, you know, there's been a lot of things coming out with with Russell Wilson lately about the type of teammate he is. Marshawn Lynch going on oh, podcast with uh, Shannon Sharp, Uncle Sharp, and uh, <laughs> and just kind of telling it how it is. And you know, I'm I'm on the side of hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to believe those guys that really have always told us how it is straight up and how they feel, you know, just say it how it is. And that's, you know, Marshawn Lynch and Steve Smith. Those are the type of guys that just tell you how it is straight up. Yeah. And they're not going to sugarcoat (laughs) shit. They're not sugarcoating shit. And that's, that's the reality. Um, and you can, you know, babysit all you want. You can, sugarcoat everything you want but it is what it is like numbers are numbers and and the reality is reality and um you know the the things that marshawn lynch said in 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 his podcast with with shannon sharp were pretty revealing um i don't think it I, a lot of that shit got swept under the rug by seattle and, and pete carroll which i guess they had to do but man it is I think a complete shit show in Denver right now, it's going to be a full fire sale. They, they have to rebuild this roster and, and just pack it in. Cause the season's over. I mean, they're one in five, so it is what it is like this, this roster, how it's struck uh, structured right now is not going to work.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely seems like the persona that's been built up around Russell Wilson And I don't want to hate on him because obviously, you know, he brought Seattle's championship and, you know, he's the greatest quarterback in Seattle's history. And it's not really that close. Um, But this persona has been built up about him being a great teammate. It kind of feels like he's like, that's been very false, really. Where it's like, he got to the point in his career, um, especially once he got that big contract where it's like, he started smelling himself, right? Like, I'm the shit, I'm the reason we win. And you would think that after last season and then this season he would have been humbled a little bit about it because like clearly you guys aren't doing anything anything good and he hasn't right. done that yet and it kind of seems like him and Chopin are butting heads I mean maybe it's still just because they're filling each other out in terms of like how the offense is going but like he's got to start taking accountability for some of this shit
0: that's the number one thing you have to do as as a quarterback and as a leader of a football if you want to be the leader like you, you got to You know, when things are good, you're the hero, you're the you're the guy, like he was in Seattle. And when things are bad, you gotta take accountability, man. Like it's on Mm -hmm. you. It's not on anyone else. It's on you. You're the leader of the team. And and the thing is too, like, you have to say
1: the right things but also do the right things. And clearly like in in the eyes of the public, he says all the right things. He very rarely makes a bad PR move, right? But clearly behind closed doors, he's not that same person. And that's where it really matters is be is you know, with your team. The teammates. locker room. Yeah. Yeah, the locker room, that's where with it really matters. It doesn't matter fighting. what the fuck you say to the to the, you know, reporters. That, that means
0: nothing. No. And it doesn't mean shit to your teammates. Um, the only thing that matters is what's happening in that locker room. And clearly this team is not on the same page. I mean, Jerry Judy, I, you know, it's the big drama right now with everything that Steve Smith said, but and people are getting on Steve Smith for, for um, you know, kind of calling him out on, on national TV. But I, I, I can't – you can't argue with Steve Smith. Jerry Jew he's been average. He has been average. Yeah. And he has That's not crazy been thing a pacemaker. Like- you know, three receptions for 14 yards, and you can put all the blame you want on Russ, but at some point you got to get open, man. You got to make a play. You know, and Cortland Sutton made a fantastic catch in the end zone. Good on him. But that's literally the one good play the Denver wide receivers have made in the last year and a half. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like at some point, hey, man, you got to make a play. You got to get open. Um, you know, I, yeah, I know and you, but
1: sometimes it's it's got to come down a little bit to Russ. Also trusting Like, like we've seen it a lot where like, Russ is dinking and dunking all the way through yeah. three quarters a game, and then finally it's like, "Oh shit, we actually might need to try to do something here." And he waits till six minutes left in the game to finally start throwing the ball up and give his receivers a chance. Like you got to build that trust, which is something he had a ton of in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in Seattle. Right. I mean, he was he was the deep ball king for a long time because he would just throw it up. He knew those
0: guys were going to come well, down. Well, Tyler him Lockett more often than not. You know, Tyler Lockett got open. He does get open all the time. Yeah, like he's a super true. good, smart route runner, and that's what Jerry Judy's supposed to be—is a really elite route runner. That's what he was touted as coming out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one thing to do that in college; it's a whole nother thing to do that at the NFL level. Um, and I don't know, man. I I just haven't really seen it. Um, so you know,
1: I still have a little bit of hope for him because he ended last year really, really strong. He had, um at least eight targets in five of the last six games last year and was putting up on average uh, 80 to 90 yards a game like it seemed to start to click at the end of last season and then it's all falling apart so i think he still has the capability of doing it at this point it just seems like they should do a fire sale get rid of guys
0: traded yeah and just
1: get and just put him in a position where he can try to rebuild
0: himself with a new quarterback you, you can tell he's lost confidence i mean you know, I, I would imagine a lot of the guys on this offense have lost confidence, but J- Jerry, you know, first round draft pick, um, he's definitely lost confidence. But, you know, for him, I hope he does get traded and let's, you know, let's see it. I hope he gets in a better situation and, and can produce. Uh, but, man, this, I, I'm I'm so, and I'm sure a lot of NFL fans feel the same way. I'm so sick of watching this Denver Broncos offense man (laughs) like I can't do it I can't watch another snap like it is yeah it's bad it's annoying to watch to have to watch um like I mean honestly
1: at this point they really should get rid of guys just let the young guys come in and play like give your playmakers Denzel Mims and Jaleel McLaughlin more Denzel Mims
0: I, I I don't understand why is Mims not on the field
1: I mean, he's literally the exact type of person you need to take the take the absolute top off of a defense. That dude absolutely screams when he's on the field, and they just don't give him. I mean, the, the dude he runs like a four three flat. Like, come on, give him like let him just outrun some people. He's gonna do it. He showed it earlier this year. He had a couple. He had back to back games where he had two hundred yards combined. Yeah, and he kept making deep play after deep play after deep play. Like give him that chance. That's what he's good
0: at. He 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 doesn't see the field and rarely sees targets. It, it makes zero sense to me. I don't know. I, I honestly am trying to figure that out every single every single time I watch the Denver Broncos play. It doesn't make any sense. Um, he's really like the one shining bright spot in in this offense and and they just don't put them on the field they don't give them opportunities so i don't know i i don't get it um i've been holding on to mims in a few leagues um we'll see what happens this week or the the weeks leading up to the trade deadline i would imagine you know the the talks have been the denver broncos are going to make some trades so hopefully they do and and if they do then maybe mims gets more involved but as of right now, I mean, this, this whole offense is just you know, the team as a it's whole is, is really just bad. Just all bad. I mean, bad.
1: honestly, they should be looking to trade everyone outside of Patrick Sertan, and then I would say Russ, but mostly because Russ is impossible to trade with his contract.
0: Yeah, that's... They're going to have to tr- tr- do some crazy cap work if they want to get out of that contract. I don't know what they're I mean, they're do.
1: They can't... I mean, I think after next season, it's Plausible that they can figure something out, but it's not happening this year. It's not happening next offseason either.
0: And who would trade for Russ right now? With what they've seen in the last year and a half, who's going to trade for Russ and and pay that's that true. contract?
1: And, <laughs> that's true. I mean, unless someone there's a team out there that really thinks they're a true quarterback away from contending, and he is an upgraded great. I mean, he he's still going to be an upgrade over you know half the the league. In t- when it comes to quarterback play. So, you know, maybe somebody like, I don't know, the Giants? Just yeah. throwing that out there. I mean, I know they just paid Daniel Jones, Russ would too. Russ love
0: but that. That's... He he would eat that shit up going in New York.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's kind of a, New York kind of a, a shining bright spot in his career, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If I'm a GM, I'm not. I'm not paying that contract to Russ come on like he's definitely on his downhill as far as his career progression goes and his play. He's definitely looked better this year, but still not good enough to carry a team like he did in you know like he did in Seattle so or carry an offense. Right. He had a one of the best defenses of all time uh that led them to the those Super Bowls but I don't know, man. It's uh I'm I'm sick of watching it, so I hope there's not any more Denver Broncos primetime games for the rest of the season.
1: Um you're not gonna like it then. <laughs> <'Cause> I <think> <laughs> <laughs> because I was looking I was kinda of looking at their schedule. I think they have like another Monday night and a Sunday night game still
0: coming up. Jesus, man. Those NFL schedulers. Who's who's doing the schedule? Come on, man. Golly. All right. Well, anyways, Kansas City Chiefs it. won. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a surprise! Uh, you know, patching.
1: Honestly, eh, they should have. They should have won by like twenty-eight points. Yeah, they on the other side of the ball. Great.
0: I was gonna say, like, th- should we be worried about this Kansas City offense? I mean, they can't honestly. Rasheed Rice, in general, making some plays. You know, Travis Kelsey obviously hobbled out there, but still the vocal point of the offense. But this Kansas City offense, definitely not as explosive as we're used to.
1: Yeah, I mean, and obviously they made it work last year and this year. I think I think we're still trying to see a receiver step forward. Maybe that is Rasheed Rice going forward this season. But I mean, but I mean, if you look at their overall stats, yes, it's subpar. But what we're used to, they're still averaging 26 points a game, at least going into tonight. They're averaging 26 points a game on the season. Right. you are gonna win more games than not. That's what your average is. Like I think, I think it was still like fifth or seventh or something like that in the NFL. Like they're still gonna do what they need to do. The difference is that this year they don't have to score a hundred fucking points a game because their defense is legit.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point.
1: So it kind of sucks for fantasy purposes that way. And you know, Mahomes isn't gonna be more than unless something completely changes. Mahomes isn't gonna be the number one quarterback in fantasy this year, like he perennially is. But I mean other than that like the team's going to be fine. Mahomes will still probably finish as a top 5 quarterback anyway. So kind of sucks if you draft him in the second round like most people did, but screw it. Yeah.
0: No, if they're winning games, they're not going to, you know, change what they're doing. Um Yeah, Pacheco, man, I wish, you know, 16 attempts on the ground tonight, 62 yards, only 3.8 yards per carry, 6 for 6 through the air, 36 yards. I feel like he's one of their best playmakers. Like I, I just love the he way he he runs after he gets the ball. Um I love the way he plays football, man. Like can we get him more? Can we get him, you know, and honestly, obviously um 20 what? 20 22 touches. 22 touches, 22 opportunities is is a decent amount. But I, I feel like Pacheco's gotta be a vocal point. Like he's gotta be out there, you know, for most snaps. Um agreed. Uh-oh. I mean, why is Clyde why is I, Clyde Edwards Hilaire
1: still getting snaps in this offense? I,
0: I don't understand it. Pacheco is so much better. Like he needs to be out there every single play. Um
1: I mean, I can understand throwing McKinnon in them because he's a very dynamic pass catcher, and I think they trust McKinnon in pass blocking over Pacheco. So that makes a little bit of sense that way, but honestly, Clyde Edwards should not be getting any looks. He's get, he's still getting – I mean, he had one game where he had 15 carries, which is crazy, but he's still seeing the field on average like 20% of the time. Yeah. That's just – that's too high. That's way too high. He shouldn't even – I i, I He's a guy that I think they should just trade away. Like he's done nothing his entire career. Just get rid of him and focus on just Pacheco and McKinnon.
0: Pacheco's a baller, man. He really is. Yeah, he's awesome. The like the the Bermuda Triangle of the Kansas City Chiefs needs to be Pacheco, um, Tra- Travis Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice. Like that's that needs to be their, you know, their three weapons. Um, and yeah, you can spread the ball out around a little bit, you know, outside of those guys. But those are their three best playmakers, like by far. Yeah. And so, man, it's going to be frustrating for fantasy. We really need those guys to be kind of the focal point, point. Um, and hopefully, that starts happening. I mean, because at to happen, this
1: point, they—I mean, they obviously the Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony there, but I think at this point in the, both their careers, we just know who they are. They're not phenomenal players. They are average players. Yeah. Kadarius Tony will always show flashes cuz he's a superb athlete, but I don't I it kind of seems feels like he doesn't get the NFL, you know?
0: No. And it's 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 almost as weird like <clears throat> you know, they traded for Kadarius Tony and so they want him so badly to be you know, a playmaker in this offense, uh but I at what point do you just say, okay, you know, he's just not that guy. He yeah. could be a gadget guy here and there, but let's focus on those those guys that are actually out there making plays uh, week in and week out and showing the effort. Like, Pacheco shows the effort every single time he gets the ball. It doesn't matter oh, what dude, it he is. He runs
1: so hard. It, Honestly, when he runs, he actually does remind me a little bit of March on Lynch.
0: Throw him the ball Like, more. there's a guy... Get him like get him in space. Let him go, dude. Just let that.
1: He's just a guy. Like you don't like the like a single guy very rarely ever takes him down. You need multiple guys to take him down,
0: right? And Rasheed Rice. I mean, he he was impressive tonight. Needs more volume though. Needs needs more opportunity. Um, in my opinion, he's their best receiver already. You know. Um, just,
1: Honestly, I don't find you being alone with that opinion. I just four targets tonight. At this point.
0: Just four targets. Caught all four for 72 yards. You know,
1: He made a couple of, I mean, a couple of those passes he took at the line or behind the line of scrimmage and took them for yards. Like, he's just a talented guy. He's actually really, even though he's a bigger, like 6'2", 203, um, he's really good with the with the ball just in his hands. Yeah. So again, yeah, just give him the ball, whether it's over the, he's big enough to catch the ball over the middle of the field, but at the same time, Give him the short routes to let him just produce After once he has the ball in his hands, and he's going to do it. He's a phenomenal athlete.
0: You know, I believe in Andy Reid. I got to think he he sees the same thing we're seeing. Like, those are your guys, you know, and, and maybe it took you guys six weeks to figure it out, but whatever Matt Nagy's saying, like, tell him to fucking, hey, <laughs> this is Andy Reid's offense. Come on. You know, let's let's get the ball in our, our playmakers' hands um, and let's let Pat go to work. Um, so, I don't know, man. Quit playing Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Limit McKinnon's snaps. Let Pacheco go because this whole, like, Pacheco can't be a receiver and, and, you know, be effective in the passing game. It's just bullshit. Like, get him the ball well, we in saw, space. I mean, he, <laughs> he'll catch he the ball. He six catches tonight. And he he'll, had
1: six catches tonight. Like, he clearly can catch he the caught
0: ball. Caught all of them. And he'll, you know, break tackles, actually, and make plays. So, God, you know, for fantasy, it's just frustrating. That was a really frustrating game to watch, honestly. (laughs) I'm glad they limited the Taylor Swift shots because that would have sent me over the edge. But I,
1: she is somehow, some way, someone who's not affiliated with the NFL at all has become the story of the NFL. Yeah.
0: She has, yep.
1: Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, she's dating an NFL player. Cool. Like, that's it's r- not that big a deal. That's the
0: world we live in, buddy. And every other commercial you see is going to be Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. How many more companies well, want to get in on the... Oh, man.
1: I know. Kelsey, like, I feel like I didn't see him in a lot of ads until this year. Oh, and then all of a sudden, he's God. in, like, every
0: freaking ad. Every commercial, like... Marketing teams, let's get a little bit more original, maybe a little bit more creative, and not all use the same exact people for our commercials.
1: I mean, all he's doing though, with especially with, I I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna like hope that their their relationship's terrible and there is a demise. You know, it probably will be because Taylor Swift has a great track record in her relationships. <laughs> uh, But, like, all she is really doing is boosting the fuck out of his net worth. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's just going to be more and more people wanting him to be in the commercials and doing different type of promotional shit on social media. Like, all he's doing is adding major, major money to his bank account.
0: For sure. Yeah. Good for him, man. Um, all right. Good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. Let's get into oh. these. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, did Jason make a cameo?
1: What was that? (laughs) Did did I hear that right? That
0: was the Australian Jason.
1: Ah, Australian Jason. (laughs) What? That was like Irish.
0: (laughs) Irish (laughs) Jason. (laughs) I hope you got your Jamesons there, Jason. (laughs) Just a shot of whiskey before we get into these starts and shits of the week there, bud. I don't have a shot of whiskey
1: to take with you. I would.
0: Well, um,
1: (laughs) just so you guys all understand, we are virtual tonight. We are not in the same room. We are doing this via Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, virtual. I'm in uh, good old Portland. A lot of poop on the streets and homeless doing drugs everywhere you walk, man. It's pretty cool. Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Make sure you don't get stuck by a fucking needle in your ankle.
0: (laughs) All right, uh, let's get into these starts. And sit- Apologies to everyone who's listening from Portland. Yeah, I mean, they know what it is. Just take a walk downtown. Hey, there's nothing to hide here. Like It is what it is. Um, your downtown sucks. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> the only city in the U.S. where heroin's is legal.
0: What? It's fucking insane. Uh, don't wear a nice watch. Uh, if you're walking around down downtown <laughs> portland
1: oh so so you left your rolex at home then that's what you're saying <laughs>
0: Rolex is staying in the hotel <laughs> uh all right starts and sits of the week uh buys this week green bay packers in the pittsburgh Steelers. so uh those guys will not be available for your your lineups keep an eye out for that um Let's start at the top here, I guess. Uh we want to start with the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, why don't we start with Trey since he's not here anyways? Yeah. Let's just get his out of the way, you know, just uh um, Trey start of the week. A quarterback is gonna be Justin Herbert they are playing the Dallas Cowboys. Um Herbert, this is Trey's quote. Herbert has quietly been the most consistent quarterback through five weeks, finishing between with at least twenty points in every week so far. He does get the Dallas defense, um, who was just torched by Brock Purdy for four touchdowns. Called it and uh, <laughs> Herbert is always going to be a must-start, but he thinks he should be a top-five finish this week. And honestly, that's a good point. So since Trayvon Diggs went down with the ACL tear, they went from the second-best passing defense to the 30th-best passing defense in the league. One guy has made that much of a difference, which I find absolutely insane, and I know Trayvon Diggs is an amazing player and a great quarterback, but the fact that apparently he leaves the field and the rest of the team forgets how to cover people is insane to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh you know, Herbert's been good all all year, it seems. Um so if he's on your team, you you probably not considering sitting him, but uh
1: yeah, I mean and I have to be honest like when I saw Trey start start of the week, I was like Justin Herbert was like, "Yeah, no shit. Like it's Justin Herbert." Right. But with that being said, I mean, so far in the season, he is the 11th ranked quarterback in fantasy. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's only played four games so they had a bye week last week, versus a lot of guys that have now played five. Yeah, um, so that's the biggest thing. Uh, but either way, I mean, I mean, just because you see Dallas's defense on the schedule doesn't mean that you should get scared and not start Justin Herbert.
0: Week one, weeks one through four, Justin Herbert's the QB one. You know, without the bye week, so uh,
1: oh. man, that's crazy that he dropped that many positions just off of pl- not playing one game.
0: Yeah, I mean that'll happen. Uh, when everyone else gets to put up points yeah. and you don't. Well,
1: especially when you consider you consider them having an early bye week like this.
0: Right. So, um, yeah, Justin Herbert, obviously you're starting. Uh, my start of the week at quarterback is going to be Matt Stafford, the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, if you haven't heard of him. Uh, he's playing Arizona this week. Uh, Cardinals are allowing the third most points to quarterback so far this year. Uh Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams right now are second in pass attempts. Uh Stafford is also fourth in passing yards. Um in my opinion, the passing offense is potent. Uh has looked really, really good um, and looked really even better good with Cooper <laughs> Cup back last year. I was trying to figure out how to word that in my brain. That's how it came out. So. And and you came up with
1: better <laughs> that's what your brain came up with.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll happen at nine o'clock at night on a Thursday. But um yeah, obviously Cooper Cup's back, dude. He's the dude. Um he and he, you know, looked exactly uh how he left us. He's a stud. Uh Puka is continuing to be, you know, a, a shining star as a rookie. Um, and then Tutu Atwell, you know, is playing really well also. So uh, I expect Stafford to throw for multiple touchdowns almost week in and week out with this with this offense and how it's operating. Uh, we know McVay is not worried about putting the ball in Stafford's hands and just letting him fucking sling that thing around. And I love that. And so Matt Stafford against the Cardinals. Yeah, he should be started if you have him.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, Stafford's no longer the type of guy that's going to give you, He's not like from the early Detroit days or even his first year in, in L.A. where like he's just killing defenses on his own. He's taking a step back. He's 35 now, getting a little older. He's just at this point in his career. Highly, highly efficient. He just he just knows where to put the ball on any play. Dude, he's so right? smart.
0: He's he's such a good quarterback. He's so good, man.
1: And he and he now no longer has to be the gunslinger he was in Detroit, where like he's trying to force balls into, into places where he shouldn't. and He had like super high interception. Um basically every year he was in Detroit. Just trying I mean, to make plays. He's great. a
0: footballer. Yeah. Like he's yeah. a football but, player.
1: But now he's smart enough and he also has the talent around him in right. Cooper Cup and Buka Nakua who just know how to get open and he really only had that for about half his career in Detroit when he had Calvin Johnson when but you know that's easy you could just throw Calvin throw the ball in anywhere near Calvin Johnson's direction he's going to come down the ball
0: so but he didn't really have anyone else around Calvin
1: no and then if you look at once if you look at his numbers once Calvin retired and he had nobody out there i mean like he he made really subpar players look great. Like DJ Shark had some great seasons in Detroit and we all and since then he's been terrible Dog basically. Shit. Yeah. So no Stafford's honestly, he's a great play, and he should destroy Arizona this week. Arizona's a somehow not a worse dumper dumpster fire than the Denver Broncos.
0: Can I just say this also as a as a Packers owner, real quick? Like so much <laughs> respect for Matthew Stafford, like as a football player. Um, and as a quarterback, like just so much respect, man. Like he is, man. Like, could you imagine this guy in his prime? You know, with this offense, on a decent with, team, with Cooper Cup in his prime, and and all oh. that. And or if they in Detroit would have just surrounded him with a little bit more talent, like yeah, he is so good, man. He is so so freaking good. If you just if you know ball at all and watch him play. And if you're a young quarterback that's trying to learn how to play the game, Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback to watch. Like, just, he is through and through a quarterback and an incredibly good football player. And So, yeah, he's my start of the week. But I just want to say that, yeah. you know, a lot of
1: reasons. No, that's fair. That. And kind of just to piggyback off that, looking at it from another standpoint, could you imagine what these Detroit Lions teams would have looked like if they didn't have Matthew Stafford? Oh, my God. Oh my god! <laughs> like they've been <laughs> top, they've been top five picks for
0: ten years oh running. Oh my god, terrible. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he literally carried that team, and he played hurt too on shit teams. He would play yeah, he hurt. hurt. He still does play hurt, but like on absolute shit teams that had zero chance of winning the Super Bowl, he would he would play through serious injuries. Um, so. S- a lot of respect out there for Matthew Stafford. Absolutely. Absolutely. So,
1: um, all right, my start of the week, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's playing the Colts this week and I know many people, myself included, expected a big breakout season from Trevor Lawrence this year. He was cut, you know, he the second year under, under Doug Peterson. He looks so good for most of last season, but this offense hasn't been quite clicking. It's been honestly pretty mediocre for most of the season, except for Travis Etienne last week. Um, but, Playing the Colts just seems like the best chance for them to kind of build on what this offense could and eventually be. The Colts are giving up the fifth most points to quarterbacks on the season. Um, In his last three starts against the Colts, he has, uh, Trevor Lawrence has averaged over 20 points per game. So I expect that to to continue. And I expect this passing offense to finally get it going this week and having not just one receiver produce. We've seen Christian Kirk have a a couple good games. We've seen Calvin Ridley have a couple good games. I think at this point, we're going to see kind of the entire ensemble have a good game together finally for once.
0: Yeah, I like that. Actually, my wide receiver start of the week might be a nice little stack with your quarterback start yeah. of the week.
1: Yeah, and I'll say I have that stack in a couple of leagues and it's kind of been let me down this year.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, but uh brighter days are ahead, I think. Uh I I truly believe that. So um, but let's move on to running backs before we get into that. Um, oh, we got to do our sits. Oh, quarterback sits. Yeah. All right. Uh. Okay. My quarterback sits gonna be a little spicy. Might bite me in the ass. We'll see. <laughs> uh. But right now, I I truly believe you know, and I I don't love basing my starts and sits off of you know what people have done at home versus away. But when you really look and dive into what Jared Goff has done at home versus what he's done away, it's pretty surprising. Like the 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 variance is crazy. Like the differences are are nuts. Uh, this week he plays at the Bucks in Tampa Bay, uh, but on the road, Goff has only scored more than fifteen fantasy points uh, just once in his last ten road games. Going back to last season, um, in those games, Goff has just eight touchdowns and has only averaged eleven point seven fantasy points per game in that stretch. So, when you compare that to um, his home games, he's at like twenty. I think it's. I think it was like twenty one or twenty two plus points per game. Um, so there's something going on here because usually the Difference is not that large for players at home versus versus on the road. But he's going up against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that has been pretty good against the pass. And you know, Amon Ross st Brown uh coming off the sports hernia. Is he gonna play? Is he not gonna play? I'm not really sure. I don't think anyone is. Uh Jameer Gibbs, is he gonna play? Is he not gonna play?
1: Amara looks like he's good to just to throw this out there. Aminra is practiced fully on today on Thursday. So he looks like he's set to play.
0: Okay. Well, that that'll help for sure. Um oh, yeah. Because last week clearly it was the David Montgomery show cuz uh you know, they were they were lacking on the offensive weapons in the passing game with Gibbs and uh Saint Brown out. So That should help, but I think if you have other options that are viable, you should look at starting those other options.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. It's kind of that. I hadn't seen those home split or the home away splits like that before. Um, So it definitely gives you some concern. Um, I will just say that all three of us, you, me, and Trey all had golf in our top 12 at quarterback in our preseason rankings even though for whatever reason he was being drafted, like quarterback 16 or 17 coming into the season, I'm just saying if you guys yeah. listen to this at all, you, you're you right, because he's so far the QB 10, exactly where he played where he finished last season. So, I mean, I honestly, it felt really disrespectful to have Goff fall that far in the preseason draft. I'm just glad right. to see that he's carrying on what he started last year.
0: No, I mean, this offense is perfect for him. Like, he's really, you know, um, and good for him, good for Goff he he's really you know he's not a a terrible quarterback uh, by any means but he's really found a home here and and he's done well and you know uh Dan Campbell and the and the, the front office have done a, a great job of surrounding him with with talented weapons and hopefully that continues
1: yeah for sure um going to Trey's sit of the week he's going to go with <laughs> Jimmy G cuz he's a hater
0: <laughs> yeah, surprise! Uh, they're
1: playing New England now. Granted, this there's merit behind this because they're playing New England, but no one's um,
0: starting Jimmy G. Right. So. Especially when
1: you, the only two <laughs> quarterbacks you have to worry about not starting this week are yeah, no one's starting Jimmy are G. Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett. So, G- all right, this is kind of like an easy like t- this is like a t- Yeah, of course you're sitting.
0: You say this and then let's move on. You're
1: sitting. You're sitting. Jimmy G. New England's really good against uh, quarterbacks. They. Barely go 200 yards a game. I just like this one line said, There won't be a revenge game here. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. that's a Jesus quote. <laughs> <Christ>. All right. <laughs>
0: Moving on. Who's your shit of the week? Quarterback.
1: Um, I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. And, and Brock Purdy's been my boy for two weeks in a row. And he's come through in both those games, being a top 10 finisher or top 11 finisher in both of them. Um, but this week, He's got to be on the bench. The Browns defense, it's the third best defense against quarterbacks in the season. They're giving up less than 12 points a game, and they're only giving up 172 yards a game. This is going to be a tough game for Purdy to break out in. It's going to be a lot of Christian McCaffrey, I believe. And then even if the pass plays that they do open up, I think you're going to see a lot of just variety, and it's going to be a lot of dink and dunking. So I just don't see Brock Purdy being able to to have a game uh, worthy of starting. Um realistically, I see probably a one touchdown game for him, which just isn't gonna do it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um It's crazy the conversation surrounding Brock Purdy. Like, is he actually a good quarterback or not? I think he is. <laughs> like it, I mean, he obviously the scheme helps, Shanahan helps. Um, you know, he's in a great situation with a lot of talented players around him, but he seems to make the right decision all the time. And that, that honestly, you know, outside of arm strength and, you know, the physical mm-hmm. attributes, like that is the most important thing as a quarterback. If you could mentally process too. what is right and what is wrong in a split second and make those decisions on the fly. That is that is something that guys that have really strong arms can't do, right? Like we've we've seen that time and time again. Guys that come into the league and have all these physical attributes and can throw the ball a mile, but they can't process the game. Brock Purdy can process the game. And I think the NFL misread Brock Purdy on the you know, the, the, the scouting reports, like I, I really think the NFL missed here. Like Brock Purdy was, cool. was chosen as, you know, the last pick in the draft and man, kid smart. Like he, 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 he really can process things quickly and, and make the right decision time in and time out. So is Brock pretty, Brock pretty a good quarterback? He might not be the you know the most physically gifted guy out there, but yes, he's a good quarterback. He can make the right decision, and that's all they need him to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty famous quarterback that was also uh, misjudged coming out of college. Yeah, not the biggest arm, yeah. not the biggest guy. Yeah, but could read defense taller, extremely well. But yeah, slightly taller. Um, you you might you might have heard of him. Um, he is only the winningest quarterback in NFL history. He's got seven rings. Um, you know, you, you might know about him, but um, honestly, what it comes down to really is any, he, does he have as high of a ceiling of, of a Patrick Mahomes or, or a Josh Allen? No. Cause the physical tools aren't there. And he admits that he's like, I'm not the biggest guy. I don't have the best arm. Um, he even says like my arm, my arm strength is very average, but I process the game quickly. And so I can make the best reads. And, right. That's going to get you a really long ways. Is he ever going to be like that perennial all-pro type of guy? No, but that's okay. And when you have a team like the Niners that have so much fucking talent around him, I mean, by far the best probably roster from 1 to 53 in the NFL, um, he's going to win you games, period.
0: Yeah, and I think another misconception at the quarterback position is Oh, um, you know, guys are going to be able to get better at at reading the game. Yes, he has a super strong arm. He needs to get better at processing the game. And I think it's undervalued how how valuable that talent is. Like mm-hmm. that is not easy. Um
1: and it ha- and a lot of that comes down to having the mindset of the quarterback. Like you could be that super athlete, but you have to be able to realize like hey i can't rely on my on my athleticism in the nfl it's not possible everyone in the nfl are the are really the best athletes in the world like you don't have there's no other sport where you have 300 pound men running sub 500s you know like you don't see that you don't see in college or any place else you know 250 260 pound linebackers that will literally outrun you.
0: And and the thing of, the thing about it is is by the time you get to the NFL it's too late. Like you take a Justin Fields versus Brock Purdy, right? Like that that is ingrained in you from you know when you start playing football. Brock Purdy from the time he started playing football has always been a smaller guy, not the biggest arm. Like he had to develop those traits at a very young age. Justin Fields did not. Justin Fields could yeah. run past everybody on the football field every single week, you know, from from juniors to high school to college and now in the NFL still doing that. But And now it's catching up to him because he's playing against, you know, elite athletes like he is. And so yeah. it, eventually it does catch up to you, and and it takes a long time to develop those traits to be able to process the game, the passing game, like brock Purdy does um but you know it's not to sell the scheme short obviously shanahan is is an incredible offensive mind and and puts him in a good position to win but you still have to be able to make those decisions on a split second basis and and make those throws so yeah you know it's Nothing. Yeah, we're getting on a tangent here with Brock Purdy. Obviously, you, you think you should start or sit him this week, which is which is fine, but I just wanted to touch base on the whole argument of is Brock Purdy actually a good quarterback or not. I think he's a good quarterback.
1: Yeah, and honestly, just to piggyback on that, again, I don't want to go too much longer on this because we've been on it for a minute, but um, on their, they just played, what, Monday or They played Sunday night against Dallas, right? And they were uh, one of the reporters saying that they were talking. They were, you know, all the reasons were blah blah blah. They said that when he was his first year playing football, when he was a little kid, he's like you know six, seven years old, whatever it is. They asked him what position he wanted to play, and he said quarterback. And they're like, all right, cool. What other position do you want to play in case that doesn't work out for? You? He goes quarterback. <laughs> That's all he ever want to play was quarterback. Where I think a lot of these other guys, they, because a lot, especially on on you know pee wee football teams. You put your best athlete at quarterback because he can throw the farthest and you run the fastest, so you he can just make the best the most amount of plays for your team. Where Brock right. Purdy has always just wanted to be a quarterback and had never cared about relying on athleticism like a lot of other guys do.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, let's move on to running backs. Um, at my running uh, gyms. Right <laughs> back start of the week. I have uh Roheem Mostert. He's playing Carolina this week. Uh Mostert's had 15 touches a game. Uh A chain. is out. Um Jeff Wilson, he's coming back off the rib injury. I don't know how much game uh how many snaps you know jeff wilson's gonna be out there for coming off the rib injury it's first game back other guys in the backfield are Chris Brooks and Salvan Ahmed um I think it's like, just Ahmed but okay Ahmed um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know dude uh that's my point though is Mostert's gonna be a workhorse so uh, you know, Carolina, they're giving up the second most points, uh, per game to the running back position. David Montgomery had 20 plus, uh, last week on him. So Mostert, I think has a big game. He's the workhorse here, uh, with the best run scheme in the NFL, maybe outside of the 49ers. Yeah. Mostert granted should, is, is granted it's the
1: same run scheme, but Exactly. So, um, obviously, I agree with you here. I'm going to call you out a little bit because he is the RB2 on the season.
0: Mostert,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I think you're probably starting him anyways, but calling out a little bit on that one. But, that's all right. I mean, completely agree. There's a pretty good chance he gives you 20 points in the first half.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of questionable, though, right? Like, he was... Coming off the, he had a little bit of an injury.
1: Yeah. I mean, coming into the season, we didn't, you know, it it was up in the air. We all thought that, you know, we literally on this, on this podcast have called him the most hurt, uh, for uh, two years now. So,
0: all right. Well, who's your start of the week?
1: (laughs) Well, let me, uh, let me jump into Trey's real quick. He's going to go with James Cook against the Giants. Uh, he's. Trey says he's getting a great matchup against the Giants. Very true. They are came up over 110 yards a game and have given up seven touchdowns running backs on the season. He'll have a good game. Um, not a bad start there either. He's had a really poor game last week, but for the most part is actually been one of the most prolific running backs that the Bills have had in like six years. So. So, yeah, <laughs> you're going to respond on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought <tell> you froze. We <laughs> <laughs> are remote. I, was like, <laughs> I, I thought like, you froze. So? Yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Anyways, so that's J- uh, Trey's start of the week. Honestly, I I agree. It should be a, a pretty good game for James Cook here. Um, my start of the week is going to be Alvin Kamara against the Texans. Uh, Kamara has only been in two games so far this year coming af- off the suspension. But so far on on the year, he's been his old playmaking self. I mean, he scored at least 14 points in each of the of the games he's played in. Texans are giving up over 22 points a game on the season. Um, I think Kamara is going to be the absolute focal point of the offense, and they need to have him running the ball efficiently so they can get the passing game going. So I do see Alvin Kamara being an RB1 this week without question.
0: For sure. You know, I'm going to have to call you out on that. Oh, yeah? Starting Alvin Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my sit of the week on running backs is Miles Sanders uh versus basically anyone for the rest of the season. Do not start this motherfucker. He is ruined. Many fantasy teams. No, um, but in all seriousness, he plays Miami this week. He's been dealing with a growing injury all all year. Apparently, that's the excuse. Um Look, coming into the season during the offseason, uh, a lot of people were kind of relying on Miles Sanders to be a guy that you could draft in the fourth, maybe fifth round, uh, and be a solid RB2, uh, possibly an RB1 if you punted, or not not necessarily punted, but waited on the running back position in the first three or four rounds it, that has not been the case uh, it's been all bad um not good um there is one league that we are in that's a super flex league where i, I decided to um kind of go with that strategy uh in a super flex and i i waited to draft a, a running back and i drafted miles sanders Pretty late in the draft as my RB1, and that has not worked out. Uh, But as the story goes or the reports are that, you know, he's been dealing with a growing injury, and that's kind of been the issue. Um, Still dealing with that, but also uh, what came up this week is that he's dealing with a shoulder injury as well. He's missed uh, the last two practices because of that shoulder injury. You know, we've seen him play the last uh, last week. He played. Um, he he basically split snaps with Chuba Hubbard, um, and you know, Chuba's looked honestly kind of better than Miles Sanders. <laughs> so, you just want to avoid this this backfield. Um, they're playing Miami. They're gonna be down pretty quickly, I, I would imagine um and playing from behind and they're probably gonna have to abandon the run game. So yeah, uh if you can, I would absolutely sit Miles Sanders.
1: Yeah, the it it breaks my heart to say this. Um if you guys have listened to this for any amount of time, you know Miles Sanders is my boy. Um uh, I think I still think he's he can be a really good running back in the league. On honestly regardless of the injuries, I think the bigger uh reason that this running game it sucks because the offense line is atrocious. It's terrible. Which is weird
0: because they weren't that bad last year.
1: They weren't. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know their starters this year versus last year. I don't know if they lost guys through free agency or what. Maybe it's just a new scheme because they did change coaches. So maybe it's just the scheme doesn't fit this personnel as well. But whatever it may be, the line is terrible. Um, they're But they're bad at, in run blocking and pass blocking. So... They're just bad all the way around. Um, but yes, I have to agree, unfortunately, that Miles Sanders should be sat for probably the rest of the season. <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, all right, Trey said the week before we get to mine. He's going to sit Rashad White against the, the Lions. Detroit's been one of the best run-stopping teams in the league. They've only allowed two touchdowns backs so far on the season and are holding two running backs to an average of only three yards per carry. Um, Rashad White was another guy, kind of like Miles Sanders, who was being drafted as a pretty solid RB2. He hasn't shown much of that so so far this year. It makes sense. Granted, Tampa is, for whatever reason, having a, or not Tampa, but Baker Mayfield is having a renaissance season and is throwing the ball over the field right now. So, I guess they don't need Rashad White.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So, you want to talk about getting spicy?
0: Get spicy, boy. Get hot.
1: My sit my sit of the week is Derrick Henry. Ah, oh,
0: I already did that. Didn't work I know,
1: out. but yeah, it burns you, and that's what I'm saying. I know, I mean, that screwed you a couple weeks ago because he went for like 24 points.
0: Yes, felt like an idiot. Yeah. He was literally but, throwing touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I understand, sitting Derrick Henry seems impossible. You probably don't have a better choice to put in to put in the lineup for him. But this is just a really, really bad matchup. The Ravens are giving up... Tyler, nice I've been
0: down defense. this road. I don't know if you want to do this. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm doing it, all right? And just to throw it out there, who did? Who were they playing when you chose them? I don't remember. Ah, let's not do that. They were playing the Bengals. The Bengals' defense is not the Ravens' defense. It's not close.
0: I thought so they were... i my bets a little bit. That was in, like, week
1: three. I know. A whole lot's changed in two weeks. No one
0: knows anything in week three. It's all... Yeah, so gambling. I got a little more
1: information. I got a little more information than you did. You know, there's a little more of an educated guess here, okay? Right. So, the Ravens, are giving up less than 15 points per game on the season to, to running backs. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I think the Ravens' defense has come out being super fired up because they lost an embarrassing game to the Steelers last year. I know that most of that was on the offense. But I think at this point, the Ravens' defense can to be like, we got to pick this shit up. We got to do better to support our offense. And I just see Derrick Henry getting hit in the backfield over and over and over again to where he can't get that choo-choo train rolling to make any big plays. At this point, Derrick Henry is a sit for me this week. I understand how hard that is. But I'm telling you, this is the week. Actually, like half the weeks this season, he's been terrible. But this is another week he's going to be terrible.
0: <laughs> All right, man, playing with fire. You're playing
1: with the king. What do king. you want
0: me to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going as far as saying the king is dead like you did. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying sit him for a week.
0: Yeah, it was a bit of a hot take. I will admit that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh my start of the week at receiver, Calvin Ridley versus the Indianapolis Colts. Um yeah, I mean maybe you do, maybe you don't have room to start or sit Calvin Ridley on your fantasy team. Uh I'm in a lot of fucking leagues. And honestly, there are leagues where I can, you know, sit or start Calvin Ridley and then I have leagues where I pretty much have to start Calvin Ridley. <clears throat> um but uh, look, he's kind of been a, a disappointment outside of week 1. Uh, When he played the Indianapolis Colts in last week, he had a decent game in London, Uh, but his best game of the year came against the Indianapolis Colts in week one. He plays them again now in week six Uh, in week one. He was the wide receiver six uh, or finished as the wide receiver six against the Colts. Uh, Colts secondary is one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. Um, and last week we kind of started to see them get back into a rhythm as far as uh Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence. And so I know the stack has been disappointing, as we stated earlier, but uh Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence they've been pretty consistent on plays 20 or plus yards downfield. In fact, they lead the league in those connections. And the Colts are um, at the top of the list as far as giving up pass plays, giving up that are 20-plus yards downfield. So um, I expect another big game from Calvin Ridley uh, this week against the Indianapolis Colts. I expect him to finish as a top-five wide receiver and have a big game for your fantasy team. So if you have him on your roster and you're weighing your options, I would absolutely start. Calvin Ridley.
1: And seeing that I have Trevor Lawrence as my start of the week and you have Calvin Ridley as your start of the week, it means it's just going to go off. Because we actually do go into these podcasts kind of blind to what the other guys are picking. And so the fact that we both expect this offense and these two guys individually to go off, I almost guarantee you that's what's going to happen.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: So, like it. Um, Trey doesn't have a start or sit for receivers this week. He did not have the time to do that, apparently. So, right to mine, I'm going to go with Chris Godwin against the Lions. Uh, Mike Evans, he did return to practice today in a limited fashion, but he is still dealing with a, a hamstring injury. So, it looks like he'll probably be able to play, but either way, he's going to be hampered. And if he is hampered, Godwin came in in week four when that injury happened and it went off. He had his best game since week 15 of last season. So he, clearly Baker Mayfield does have trust in him. If if Mike Evans is not a hundred percent go Detroit has not been as bad of a defense last year as they were this year, but they do, do still struggle. So I do expect Chris Godwin to have a big game he, here against the lions.
0: I like that pick. I, 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 you know, Chris Godwin has been disappointing overall, uh, on the year. Honestly, for a
1: couple of seasons.
0: Um, yeah, for a couple of seasons. Um, so I like that pick here. I, you know, it's it's definitely a little gutsy. Um, if you've drafted Chris Godwin this year, you're definitely disappointed. So, hey, let's start him this week. And if it doesn't work out,
1: shame on me. Maybe maybe <laughs> move on. But
0: for right now, yeah, let's let's fire him up. All right, my sit of the week at wide receiver sit of the week at wide receiver is Terry McLaurin versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, The Falcons, they actually do a really good job of locking up wide receiver ones on the year. They're at the top of the league at shutting down wide receiver ones, Uh, but they give up a lot of points, fantasy points that is to the tight end position, which may come into play. Uh, at our at our tight tight end section, but <laughs> um, <sighs> Washington last week had fifty one pass attempts. Terry McLaurin had five targets out of those fifty one pass attempts. Um, in, in all honesty, this this offense is all over the place. I I really don't understand it at all, um, and I think it's a clear lack of leadership from the top down. Starting with Ron Rivera, who I, I don't know if he should be a head coach, um, but he is, and he still is for this team. So right now, you just you just can't start Terry McLaurin unless you absolutely have to. But you know, I would go pretty far to say there's other guys that you can start at your wide receiver position on your fantasy team. You know, I have Terry in a couple leagues. I, I just can't start him. I started him, you know, a couple times this year, and you're usually disappointed. So um, inconsistent play. Um, they're throwing the ball to guys like Byron Pringle and Deami Brown, Curtis Samuel. You just can't start him. So, yeah, he's my sit of the week against the Falcons.
1: No I like it. I mean he's not getting the work and a j Terrell who's probably going to be um shadowing him for most of the game is a pretty darn good young corner um he's only given up thirteen receptions all year so and even at that he's only given up twenty two targets all year through six games so i mean people he shuts people down to where you can't even throw the ball in his direction so no I really really like that um and scary Terry honestly I've said it at the beginning of the season he has shown he's kind of been quarterback proof and cause he's been through just a, a plethora of quarterbacks so far in his career. For whatever reason this year is just not coming together. I'm not sure why, but that is the case. So um my sit of the week is going to be Chris Olave versus the Texans. Um another guy here that we were kind of expecting a big breakout season. You know, he was finally getting paired with a NFL quarterback in Derek Carr, who isn't the best quarterback but he is a guy who who can make make a lot of all the throws you need to um but as i said earlier i expect this to be a big game for alvin kamara and so on the flip side of that i can't see Olave having a great game because i think this offense is going to run all the way through kamara and i understand that kamara actually came into the season hot he had 11 he had mm-hmm. double digit targets i think it was at least 11 in the first three games but i only seen or he had at least 10 targets in the first three games of the season has only 11 targets combined in the last two. This Saints pass game, honestly, as a whole, has been a mess um, in recent weeks. I just don't see them riding the ship against Houston this week, who they are really good, good against receivers, um, third best in terms of giving them points, but they're poor against against halfback. So I expect Alvin Kamara to have a big game. And so the you know reverse side of that coin is that Chris Olave has a poor one.
0: Yeah, I mean, man, it sucks. Because Chris Olave is so talented but man what a disappointment it has been this year and i think a lot of that has to do with Derek Carr maybe having the shoulder injury not being able not as confident as he normally is throwing the ball down the field and uh that's obviously affecting Alave and his production so you know in dynasty leagues obviously if you have Chris Alave hold on it's going to get better but for right now, yeah, man, it is it is tough for redraft leagues for, for Chris Salave.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I think he'll still get better as this season goes along, as too, once him and Carr have more rapport. Um, but yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle so far this year, and it's kind of surprising.
0: All right, uh, at the tight end position, my Jim's start of the week. Logan Thomas versus Atlanta. Just talked about this earlier. Atlanta does a good job at shutting down outside wide receivers. They have some good cornerbacks. They don't do as good of a job shutting down tight ends. So um, I expect Logan Thomas, who's became kind of a focal point of this offense to really start to, uh, you know, consistently be a weapon in this offense. 11 targets last week. Uh he finished for nine receptions for 77 yards and one touchdown. Falcons as a defense just gave up 16 fantasy points to Dalton Schultz, the Houston Texans tight end last week. Um so I I expect, you know, Eric Bianami and this this offensive scheme to continue to target Logan Thomas hopefully, in this offense, because uh, he's clearly a weapon, and he should get plenty of opportunity this week. Um, I don't know what they're doing at the wide receiver position. It's a complete question mark. I, I don't understand why you would be targeting guys like Byron Pringle and Diame Brown and Curtis Samuel and fucking whoever else versus you know Terry McLaurin, who's clearly the best receiver they have. And, you know, Jahan Dotson, who's clearly the second best receiver they have. But as far as tight end position goes, Logan Thomas is, is their guy there. So um, I expect him to get plenty of targets this week against an Atlanta defense that that uh, does not do well against tight ends. For uh, Trey's start of the week at tight end, he's got Dallas Goder. First, the Jets. Oh, he's going to go there, bud. He said he's going there, bud. And so he'll, he's he's about to die, lad, go there, bud. So uh, the New York Jets, according to Trey Jose, have allowed five touchdowns in as many weeks leading the league so far. They're also allowing over 10 yards per carry to tight ends, <laughs> 10 yards per catch. To tight end, so Goder should be very worthy this week. Uh, Dallas is also playing more than 90% of snaps, so he views him as a must-start. Who's your start of the week at tight end, Tyler? Uh,
1: yeah, so I'm going... I've said his name a few times this year, one in a start of the week and one in a sit of the week. I'm going back to him as a start of the week here with Zach Ertz. Um, I mean, at this point in the season, we've mentioned it before, I mean, obviously tight ends suck, but you want to kind of try to focus on guys that are getting consistent work in the offense, and Hurst has been getting that. He has at least eight targets in three of the five games played this season. He clearly does have the trust of, of Josh Dobbs. The Rams are giving up over 12 points a game to the tight ends. It's the fifth worst mark in the league. Um, they even gave up 20 points to Dallas Godair last week, so I do expect Zach Ertz to have a ton of opportunities this week and turn those into really, really good production for you.
0: Hell yeah. All right. Uh, my tight end sit of the week. Maria um, we here. I got Dalton Schultz. First, the new Orleans saints. This might come as a bit of a surprise. A lot of you are probably um, relying on Dalton Schultz. honestly, um at the tight end position just because this position sucks for fantasy football but you know Schultz has a, had a a couple of big games including last week um I mean
1: 27 points total in the last two weeks
0: Yeah exactly yeah um big game last week against Atlanta I think he finished with 16ish uh fantasy points um the week before that he finished as the tight end five against pittsburgh with like 11 ish points um so yeah starting to look like a consistent starting tight end at the fantasy position which a lot of people kind of assumed he would be uh for this season Uh, but with all that said um i'd be looking to go in a different direction this week the saints as a defense have allowed the fewest yards to tight ends this season just 99 yards In total, in five games to the tight end position, Uh, they've given up the second fewest fantasy points per game to the tight end position. Um, Wait, who's first?
1: They only give them ninety-nine yards total.
0: uh, I'd have to look it up.
1: Oh, I can do it up for you there, just real quick here. But it looks like it's actually the Ravens. The Ravens. Um, They're only giving up four point four points a game to the tight ends. That's crazy.
0: So, um, in all year last year, they were the, that is the New Orleans Saints, were the toughest matchup for tight ends all year last year. This defense does well against the tight end position. I would look to start someone else. Dalton Schultz feels like a trap this week.
1: No, uh, I like it. That's I mean, the Saints, honestly, for the last three or four years, their defense has been so good, just kind of overall, all the way around. Uh, There's a tough defense to play against, so I do like it. Um, My sit of the week is going to be Darren Waller. Why? Because fuck Darren Waller. (laughs) Over it. (laughs) (laughs) He fooled us all, man. He fooled us, and
0: he fooled the New York Giants.
1: Oh, everybody. The crazy thing is he actually is leading the team in like targets, receptions, and yards it just doesn't mean a damn thing cuz daniel jones has regressed to like his rookie season. He's so um, bad. <laughs> and i like it's just uh, it's terrible. I mean granted, I will say Dan Waller had his best game of the year la- uh, last week. He had eight catches for 86 yards, but he's getting the bills. And the Bills defense is amazing. I understand they are depleted. they're depleted. They they've lost guys all over the all over the here including Matt Milano who is probably the heart and soul of that defense. But Darren Waller went off against the, against the Dolphins defense last week. The Dolphins defense, even with the Bills not being 100%, is not as good as the Bills defense. I don't care who you, who you are what you want to say. The Bills are only giving up five points a game. The Titans It's the third best in the league, obviously after we just said, after the Ravens and the Saints. Waller shouldn't even sniff your starting lineup. Find someone else to go to. Please, for the love of God.
0: Yep. I think we're all uh, jumping, jumping off the Waller train together. And uh, it is what it is, man. It sucks. There was a lot of hype, a lot of hope, but is what it is. Daniel Jones is ass, dude. He's an ass. He <laughs> cannot be a starting quarterback in the NFL. That just is what it is. All right. Um. With that comes Stinkie's defense of the week. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, (laughs) Stink threw in uh, one defense here that you might be able to pick up off the waiver wires, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Defense and special teams uh, facing the Indianapolis Colts. Here's what Stinky had to say about Jacksonville. Has silently been a great defense, even though they allowed to Houston. They haven't allowed more than twenty. That's <laughs> I, I'm just reading it word for word, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. So what are you meant to say? Obviously, against something Houston, was left out there. But
1: <laughs> against Houston, they had negative four points. They gave up thirty-seven points to Houston. Uh, in general, it was a, it was by far their their worst game of the season. It's not even close.
0: All right, they said they haven't allowed more than twenty points in any other game outside of the Houston game. Uh. Anthony Richardson is injured and Minshew will be the starting uh, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. He said, I love Gardner, but Jacksonville has a great chance against him this week.
1: So, yeah. And to put it a little bit in perspective, you take away. If you just remove the Houston game from from their points this year, they are averaging 11 and a half points a game as a defense. If you were just remove that one game. So they are a solid defense. Um And, yeah, we all know that Indianapolis' offense hasn't been great. should be interesting to see what happens with Gardner Minshew at the helm. But, uh, no, I think it's a good pick.
0: All right. Big Herbie approved. Well, that'll do it. And I totally forgot I had drops this whole time.
1: Ah, and that's how we're going to leave you guys.
0: (coughs) I totally forgot. Man, it would have been such a better episode if I would have remembered. I would have hit it out the <laughs> park. Just get them, out, get them all in right now. <laughs> all right. If you're still listening, I appreciate you. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at the FF Fathers, or on Instagram, at the FF Fathers. And uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, we will catch you all next week for week seven. Waiver wires. Holy shit. The, the season's flying by. So, uh, we appreciate y'all listening and, uh, we will catch y'all next time. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh,